Uh, I don't know how many really is ready for the message. But the message is still the same old story. If it ain't about Jesus, it ain't about the message, right? Because Jesus is the message. I believe God is trying to help you and I to understand some things. And let's look in the book of John just for a little while, if my voice will hold out. John chapter number 4. And let's read, if you will. <clears throat> Starting in verse number 10. We know this story about the living water. We know the story how she came to the well, how Jesus told her. Now listen here in verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Carnal thinking, isn't it? And the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof, himself and his children and his cattle? Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up unto everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Brother Philip, do the honor, son. You may be seated. Look there in verse 14, if you will. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never, never thirst. Never is a word that we use a lot that we don't fully understand. A lot of times we say, I'll never do that. Then we end up doing it. I'll never forget an old man right up here at Newland. His son was a rascal, been in a lot of trouble. This other gentleman looked at him and said, Boy, if that was my son, and he kept acting like cats, and I'd just kill him. The old man thought for a minute and he said, Well, if it was your son, I'd kill him too. See, he wasn't looking at, never thinking about maybe his son would do those things. And it's always easy to kill somebody else's son rather than kill your own. But Jesus said, Here's water that you're going to thirst again if you drink it. I've got some water you won't thirst again. And she didn't fully understand, and the church still don't fully understand this kind of water. This water makes a difference. Amen. 
Never thirst again is a big statement. Now, I don't want to get into no debate. Once saved, always saved. No, I don't want to even get in that. But I'm made to believe if you ever get this water, you're made different. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, the Bible said, all things become new. But never say never. How many have ever said, boy, my child will never do that. Boy, as sure as you said it, they done it. Amen. Amen. They never used that phrase around my house. My family always said, yeah, he'll be one to do it. There wasn't no never before it. Amen. Now, I'm just telling about me. I ain't talking about you. But I'm sure there's people in this congregation this morning that used the word never and turned around and done it. And then said, I'll never do that again, and turn around and done it again. Oh, me. Look in John chapter number 6 this morning. <clears throat> Pray for my voice. John 6 and 35. <clears throat> and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Read the rest of it. Never hunger. Are you satisfied with Jesus? Let me ask you a, a bigger question. Are you satisfied with Jesus' church? See, this ain't my church. It ain't your church. This is the church that Jesus built. So when you're saying, I'm not really happy with the church, you're really saying, I'm not happy with Jesus. What you're saying is, I'm hungering for something different than what we got. <laughs> we were talking about it this morning in Sunday school, different aspect of this very same subject. What are you hungering for in your service? More preaching, more singing, more testimonies, more fire and brimstone, longer preaching, shorter preaching. What kind of hunger do you have? I've got a hunger to see souls saved. Whether it's a short service or a long service, I've got a hunger to see souls saved. Have you got that kind of hunger? When you come to church this morning, are you hungering for something different than what Jesus has? He looked at Peter and said, Upon this rock I'll build my church that I preached the other week. Upon this rock, talking about Jesus. Jesus said, If you're going to worship me, you're going to have to worship me in spirit and in truth. It's not formality, it's not dress code. <laughs> You can come in here with the best three-piece suit they make and still not have a church service. You can come in here with brogans and blue jeans or bibbed overhauls and have a wonderful service because the service is not in the clothes. It's what you're hungering for. Now, I want to say something to those that may have a hunger this morning for something. Maybe you hold the key to filling somebody else's hunger. 
Marvin had a hunger that Tanya would sing. And she sung and filled that hunger. I told Faith back there, though I, I love her song, I love her singing, I love that young lady. If I had a daughter of my own, I'd want her to be just like that little lady right there. I really would. She's faithful coming to church, faithful singing. Amen. Well, that's her name, ain't it? <laughs> but what do you hunger for when you come to church? Jesus said, you will never hunger. What he's saying is, you'll never hunger for another God other than me. I will fulfill your hunger. The trouble of it is, we come to church, <laughs> ladies, you better amen this. And, and you're always wanting somebody else to set the table. And you want to dine, shine, and leave. But you ain't willing to put nothing on the table for somebody else to eat. Somebody may need your testimony. Somebody may need you to raise a hand, shed a tear, ring the bell. Somebody may be just waiting and hungering for somebody to do those things. And the Holy Ghost, I, I don't raise your hand because I know every one of us has had it at times. Holy Ghost has said, do it, do it, do it. And we just sit there. We just keep sitting there. I ain't raising my hand. I ain't a crying. I ain't going to say amen. I ain't going to ring that bell. I'm not going to an altar. And somebody right beside you or near you is waiting for somebody to move. What kind of hunger do we have anymore at the house of God? Well, it seems like the church world as a whole has got a great hunger now for strobe lights and smoke machines and some kind of gimmick. I still want the power of the Holy Ghost that saves. Without that power of the Holy Ghost, we won't have no church service. There won't be no praise in the house of God. Amen. Look in chapter 7, verse number 15. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Having never learned. I've had people ask me this question, this very same question. How does he know how to preach he ain't been to college? That's what they're saying, ain't it? How does this man know these things? He ain't never been to our school. He ain't got no degree on the wall from our college. He don't have no certificate saying we have approved him. Listen, if you've got God's approval, that's all the approval you need. I want to say this to everybody, and you remember it forever and pray. I pray you do. That when God moves on you, you move with God, and it's always right. I don't care what the congregation says. Amen. <laughs> I've been in churches where praising God wasn't real common. I preached in churches where shouting was not popular. Oh yeah. Lord God. If your pocket come out. They'd had a stroke. Wouldn't that be a sight. 
If you go home, never remember one word the preacher say, but tell everybody, he walked around the whole service with his pocket out. Was that what you was focused on? Well, he has never learned to put his pocket back in. Right? Well, does that make him saved or lost? Does that make the preaching any better or any worse? They looked at Jesus and said, how does he know these things? He ain't never learned it from us. He ain't never fit in our crowd. He ain't been to our school and our colleges. We ain't got no approval stamp on him. <laughs> Lord, help us. I'm going to hurt your feelings. You don't need nobody's approval but God's. Is everybody froze to death in here? Whoever's cold needs to sit right here. I'm telling you, that's a heater right there. I'm comfortable with you and Zane. I'll cut her up a notch or two. I'm glad that God knows what we need without man's approval. I'm glad God's able to, able to call some of these old preachers that couldn't read and write one lick but could preach up a storm. Have people read it for them and preach it. Preacher, oh dear, tell you that. He said, I'd get a thought on my heart. I'd tell my wife to read it to me out of the Bible and God would give me the message. He would quote the scripture, never could read it, but he'd quote the scripture because he had rehearsed it in his heart and his mind so much that when God told him to preach it, he had a memory to keep it. I still remember the last time I heard him preach. He said, I've been preaching it 50 years. Wasn't too long after that he went home to be with the Lord. I wonder sometimes if we aren't relying too much, now listen to me, in our church services on things instead of God. If we ain't got nothing but God, we got what we need. If we had to have candles or coal oil lamps, if we had to have a pot-bellied stove, a bucket full of water with a dipper, if we had to have those things and had God, we'd still have enough. But the trouble of it is, the world has gone into stuff. <laughs> I'll never go down there. Boy, I've heard that one. Woo. I've had people tell me that over years. Boy, I'll never come to your church. I say, Why? You preach too hard. I do? Well, how come my people can take it and the little children can take it and you can't take it? Maybe because you're guilty? Amen? <laughs> and the Jews marvel saying, How knoweth this man letters having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Amen, amen. Look at verse 46 in chapter number 7. The officer answered, Never man spake like this man. Are you with me? There's nobody talks like Jesus. There's nobody phrases it. It was said here early, I believe Beardy said it, during Sunday school. 
if you beat me and put me on the cross, you think I could whisper out and say, Father, forgive them. I don't think I could do that. I'd probably be saying, God, if you let me down off this cross, I'll take this bloody nub and beat them to death. I'll beat the devil out of them. That'd probably be what I'd say. But see, he's a different fellow than you and I. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man walked like this man. Never a man done the things this man's done. Never a man has taken what this man has taken and still loves us. There's never ever going to be another one like Jesus. Because he is the only begotten son. New version says the only son. That's a lie. He is not the only son of God. If he was, you and I wouldn't have no hope. I'm glad there's more than one son. He said he gave us power to become the sons and daughters of God. Are you striving to become that? In John chapter 8 verse 33 the Bible said, Then answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Woo, boy, that's a fleshly answer if I ever heard one. That's as bad as saying, boy, I'm a Baptist. I'm the only one going to heaven. Oh, yeah, I'm a Baptist. Every Baptist going to heaven. The rest of them's kind of iffy. Come on now. You can have your name on the roll and be lost. You can teach Sunday school and be lost. You can preach from the pulpit and be lost. Amen. You can be a deacon and be lost. Stuart and be lost. You can be lost sitting in church your entire life. I never forget that lady that played the piano and the thought just come to my mind. She said, I can never remember a day when I was lost. Well, if you can't remember a day when you were lost, you're still lost. But I remember when I was lost. Amen. I remember when God saved my soul. I remember when he made a difference in me. Listen, I have never wanted to go back to what I used to be. Why? Because I found a man that took never out of my life. Amen. I'm just a nobody. <laughs> Trying to tell everybody all about somebody that saved my soul. Hey, I never want to go back to them old days. Woo, no, I don't. No, I don't. 851, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. That word keeps in there. Verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead in the prophets. And thou saith, If the man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say 
that he is your God. Is he your God? Is he really your God? Or are you relying on your Baptist or your heritage or your grandpa or your grandma? Are you relying on things that can't save? Woo! <laughs> I said about Hensley's, there's two kinds of them. Preachers or prisoners. Which one are you? John chapter number 10, verse number 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm going to hurt some feelings. We are bad to say, He, He made me get out of church. He done this and done that, and I just ain't going back to that church. I'm just not going to be a Christian no more. That ain't what that word said. Word said if you're saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost the way you should be, ain't nobody can pluck you out of his hands. I want to tell you something, and and Rick probably say amen to this because he's known me longer than anybody in here. If you told me I couldn't go in a place, I'd fight to get in that place. And if I was in that place and you said I'm going to throw you out, you're going to have to fight throw me out of that place. I don't care if it's good or bad place. Just telling me wasn't enough. I was one of them you had to show me. My daddy showed me a lot. He ought to have. Let me go back to a corn pack. Daddy said, I'll show you the difference in corn and weed, son. And he flipped that hoe around so fast I didn't even see it and whooped me with that hoe handle. Yeah, that little fellow you sat back here, he was a tough hombre, but he had three of me to deal with, so he had to be tough. And he said, I will show you, son, the difference. You know, there's something about warming up your backside that'll make your brain work. I never ever chopped down another stalk of corn in my life. No. I was mad and I was just jerking that hole. I didn't care what I was chopping. Daddy had done worked hard and that corn was knee high. Yeah. He knew that had to feed us through the winter. See, back then... We didn't go to Ingalls. They didn't have Ingalls. I learned to tie my shoes on a wagon full of corn going to the grist mill. Did anybody ever have to go to the grist mill? Rode to the grist mill, you took a whole wagon load, and they give you half of it back ground. That's, that's the way they, you didn't have no money to pay them. So they took half. If you had 200 pounds of corn and it ground up, they took 100 and gave you 100. And that's what you eat. You were eating the same corn that they fed the horse. The same corn they fed the hog. They just ground theirs up and made cornbread out of it. You see? So daddy was saying, boy, you're not only cutting your food down, but your brothers and your mothers and mine. 
And I thought about that years after that, not during that. I, I, I was too warm to do much thinking right then. But years after that, I thought, what if I'd have been the reason that somebody didn't get to eat? You say, what's that got to do with the message? What if you're the reason that somebody's not saved today? Because we had this discussion during Sunday school too. Because of your old haughty spirit, your attitude. Well, I never want them in my church. I don't think they're good enough to go to my church. Well, I doubt you're going to go to heaven. Because there's going to be a lot of them old boys <laughs> made it to heaven you didn't think was going to. And I just wonder how you're going to feel when you get to heaven. And you see all of them folks inside the gate that you didn't want to go. Are you going to stand outside the gate and say, Lord, I don't think I want to go in there. Just send me on to hell. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, you're going to say that. You'll never say that in your life. Amen. You'll be begging and pleading for God to let you in. Oh, God, hear our cries today. Uh-huh. Are you with me? Say amen. You want eternal life? Stay in the fight. Want eternal life? Don't give up. Stay in the fight. Chapter number 11 and verse number 26 of John. <coughs> Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe it? Listen, saying it's one thing, we had that in Sunday school this morning also. Doing it's something else. Amen. Doing it is something else. Turn back in Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 23. He said, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He never knew you. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn over to Hebrews right quickly. Hebrews chapter number 10. <coughs> Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 1. The Bible said, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Burning them sacrifices never made them perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sin. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because the worshipers once purged should not have no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. Are you with me? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. 
in the volume of a book. Are you with me? It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come and do thy will, O God, and take away the first, that he may establish the second. Are you with me? By the which will we, notice this, are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Who are we talking about? Talking about Jesus. Can I say to us this morning, we never need nothing else but Jesus. There's nothing I could add to. It's the same old story. Brother Beardy, it's the same story in the sense that if we're not preaching and teaching Jesus, we're a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. We're no good at all. Unto a lost and dying world if we're not preaching Jesus. (laughs) Don't let me burst your bubble. How many's ever heard this or said this? Boy, they had a real revival down there. That preacher got a hundred saved. Well, every preacher got them saved, they're in a mess. I mean, they're in a real mess. Why not say God saved a hundred down there? Why would you give the credit to the, the revival or the church or the minister? Why didn't you just say God moved mightily in the church and a hundred came to know him? But see, man wants to interject himself as the number one. Oh, if you get that preacher, you get a lot of souls saved at your church. Oh, if you get that preacher, your offering will go up. Your attendance will go up. But is he preaching Jesus? I don't never want somebody just because he's got a big name. Good friend of mine, he done it because he loved God. He called a big name singing group. <laughs> he come to me after he done called him, done booked him, done set up a date, done... Got the high school going to have a big singing. They're going to really raise a big bunch of money. I said, brother, you're fixing to make a mess. I said, you are going to be very disappointed. I forget what that man charged to come and sing. It was up several thousand dollars. And he came and the group came and the people came and they come up short. Several thousand dollars. Instead of being a fundraiser to help somebody, all it was was a promotion to promote the singer. Because once he booked him, then he got a 
envelope in the mail said you must put out this many flyers and it got to be this size and it has to be in color. It cost thousands just to get the stuff to do that he wanted done so he could come and sing. Same thing happened right over here at Nebo. Going to get a big name evangelist. We're going to get the football stadium at the high school. Didn't want nothing to do with this little old peon. Just went to the big churches. $23,000 that evangelist charged for two nights. He also had a great big list. Had to have radio ads, posters up. They had to supply all these things. I can't remember all that it was. See me, if I remember correctly, they came up about $15,000 short. They come to me and said, can you help us in this? After they done had the meeting and all, I said, no, sorry. I'm not going to pay a man $23,000 to come preach two nights. Never. If I ever call an evangelist and he says, I got to have this much money and a motel and this entourage is coming and got to have rooms for all of them. No, I've called the wrong man. Sorry. I thought you was in it for God. Rick, how would you like to make $23,000 in two nights every weekend? It'd be all right as long as God's name wasn't attached to it. And you're saying you're promoting Jesus. No, you're promoting yourself. Church, let's never get in the position to where we're promoting man more than we are Christ, the Son, the darling Son of God that died for our sins. A man arose again, sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. We should never promote anything but that. He lost his church on account of that because the church had to come up with the money and finish paying that. And he well should have. Because he wanted his name associated with that big preacher's name more than he wanted Jesus to save souls. Church, we may never be a mega church, but let's be a church. We may never have millions of dollars for a budget, but let's take what God has given us and use it wisely for His glory. We may never, ever, ever be in the headlines, but let's just remember, the only line that really counts is the line that's standing to go into heaven. That's the only line. As our brother said, everybody's going, but who gets to stay? Everybody's going to heaven, but who gets to stay? Never been a man talk like this. They never been a man teach like this. They never been a man that through all they done to him, say, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. So are you a never child? Over the years, I've noticed this. I guess Benny and Becky probably have too. 
So many people I've seen stand up over the years and say, there ain't enough devils in hell to run me out of this church. They'll never get that done. I'm here till I die. Well, they must have died. They ain't here. See what you've done? You just put a target on your back. What we're talking about in Sunday school about weaknesses, being in bondage. You think the devil don't know your weakness and your bondage point? <laughs> He'll sure make it available. And then you'll be bound to it. Oh, yeah. Now let me finish in a, in a peculiar manner. How many ever heard young preachers stand up and say, God's called me to preach? How many knows of young preachers that are not preaching? Maybe preached one time. Not even in the house of God anymore. How many's ever heard a preacher after he preached a time or two come to the same pulpit where he said, God called me to preach and say, I never was called, I was misled. I've never heard of one of you. See, never's a word that Satan knows how to use well. He's a word that, he, he uses that word so often to trap us. Boy, I'll never do that. Look out, you'll be the next one. Oh, I'd never say that. <laughs> how many remember the dream the coat of many colors, being in the ditch. You remember why his brothers didn't like him? Because he interpreted dreams and said, one day you all will bow down to me. Do you know how long it took for that dream to come true? Fourteen years. Fourteen years that boy was in bondage, in slavery, in prison. Fourteen years before that came through. But when God says it, it'll come true. Now listen to me in closing. Don't never say God can't use me. If you're saved, God wants to use you. Don't never say I, would, I wouldn't do that in a million years. You just throw the target on your back. The devil will say, I'll see you. Now listen to me. He might have to go plumb around the world to get you to do it. You know what I'd say? The Lord said never boast of tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. We can't say I'll do it tomorrow because we don't know if we got tomorrow. So we better be concerned about today and right now. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever or never met Jesus in an altar praying for your sins? Do you remember a time when you bowed before God somewhere and said, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. You might have been sitting in your automobile walking your driveway. You could have been at church. 
It doesn't matter where you was at. What matters is what position your heart was in. But if you can never remember any time, you don't have to remember a date. But you ought to say, I remember the time God was talking to me and I began to talk to him and he saved my soul. Can you remember that? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, I want you to slip out right now and come and pray. If the Holy Ghost of God has spoke to your heart for whatever reason, not a specific invitation, but just an invitation to pray for some reason God has spoke to your heart. Never pass up an opportunity to pray. When the Holy Ghost is dealing with you. Never pass up an opportunity to come to an altar and say, God, it's me. God, I don't never want to say never, but I surely don't want to go back to what I used to be. God, I don't never want to say never, but God, I want to be used of you somehow, some way to promote the gospel. Let my church be a church that never says never. But Lord, we're always looking to you. Some are praying this morning. What about you? You have a need to come right now and say, Father, I, I've heard the message. I know what he's talking about. It's my time to pray. <coughs> Father, touch him, I pray this morning. Father, touch them in such a manner the Holy Spirit of God has spoke to their heart to come and have a word of prayer this morning for whatever reason they're coming. God, I know you're able to meet every need they have in their life. God, that you are able, Lord, to uh, just surpass anything they could believe or understand this morning. Open the door, Father. Open the door to endless opportunities for them. God, whether it be a job or, or whether it be at home or, or down at the shopping center, open the door, Lord, where they can witness about you. So, Father, please hear us this morning. Lord, I never want to thirst again. I never want to hunger. And if I drink this water that you'll give me, I'll eat of this bread you'll give me. I'll never thirst and I'll never hunger. And I'll have eternal life. And I pray that for my people here this morning, those by the airway that's listening, Father, that, Lord, they'd hear this morning and never say never, but come unto you. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.